Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. My name is Eric McCroskey, your host, and today I'm very excited to have with me Chris Yerikian. Uh, he's from Southern California. We've been in health and safety uh, for uh, well over five years, speaks at a uh, conference, or we'll be speaking at a conference very soon uh, on the topic he's going to be presenting as well uh, today to us. Um, so, Chris, welcome to the show. Uh, you've uh, had a background in health and safety, and before that, you were in the movie industry, uh, now mostly in the, in the food distribution space. Uh, so, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got from movies to safety and how you got your passion for the, for the safety space. Hey, Eric. Uh, super happy to be here. Thank you. Um, so I worked in the movie theater industry. Uh, I actually started doing that in high school and kind of moved up the ladder a little bit within the independent <laughs> theater space in SoCal. Yep. Um, and uh, I started doing that, managing, and then I was actually majoring in philosophy pre-law, and I wanted to become a lawyer. But okay. I met somebody... I met someone who actually was an industrial hygienist and I was going mm -hmm. to the same university he had gone to and he showed me the program he had taken, told me the kind of work he does, the different companies he's worked for and just the intricacy of the industry. And I looked more into it and I was like, you know what, this is, this is great. I didn't even know this industry or this type of profession existed. So I changed majors and uh, took a little longer to graduate, but it ended up working out, and that's how I ended up in safety and EHS. That's that's amazing. And I know when, when we've talked about before, uh, one of the realizations you had is really the importance of uh, uh, focusing on motivation uh, for safety. Tell me a little bit more about kind of where, where that kind of uh, realization came and some of your thoughts around it. So I did notice early on when I got into the industry that it was, and rightfully so, it was heavily focused on um, a scientific approach and metrics and trying to follow mm -hmm. regulation to the T. And that works great for a lot of uh, life safety, but it's mm -hmm. not that great when it comes to stuff like uh, behavior and um, more subjective injuries that take place in the workplace. And sure. uh, I had one uh, incident where I was following up with an employee who had a relatively severe back injury, but nothing too major. And um, when I was speaking with him, he told me that he couldn't pick up his newborn baby as a result of his injury because it, it hurt too much. Right. And I got to thinking um, that is a powerful motivator but most people don't really have that realization before something happens, right? So I got mm -hmm. to thinking, how, how effective would it be to have them tap into that emotion and into a motivator at that level to alter their behavior to prevent um, uh, injuries and develop habits that prevent injuries beforehand? Right, absolutely, because at the end of the day, 
a precursor of the behavior that you're going to exhibit that's going to keep you safe or unsafe is going to be your attitudes, your belief, your mindset around safety. Is safety something that it's a rule that otherwise I'll get into trouble or is it something that keeps me away from harm or, or, or is it something that's investment in the future into the things that I, I want to experience with the people that matter to me and so forth. So, so you're really focusing on that kind of those precursors can have a significant impact and agree more. And, and so what, tell me a little bit more in terms of how you've leveraged this, right? So, so that was great story, great example, kind of tapped into uh, something this person could do. Tell, tell me a little bit about what were you able, how, how were you able to leverage that? So initially what I started to do is um, get FaceTime with a lot of employees within the workplace. Um, just mm. anything, it could, starts out simple, making sure to talk to them, uh, how their weekend is going, how's their family, and then you develop a rapport. And sure. um, like, you, like you mentioned, just following the rules, even with that approach, isn't going to cut it. So they have to really tap into their why. And uh, one tool in the EHS space is the Why I Work Safe uh, board or display. So uh -huh. I implemented this tool. And for those that don't know, the Why I Work Safe uh, display is you essentially are getting employees to uh, think about why it is that they decide to work safe at work. Because at a, at a mm -hmm. fundamental level, if you think about why people go to work, it's essentially to make a living, to have the means to do the things you love with the people and you love to do them with. So mm -hmm. the why I work safe really tries to incorporate that personal element into the workplace. So they would bring sure. photos or videos of whatever their why is. Uh, for example, for me, I love to do Spartan races, okay? And yep. if, if I end up getting injured at work, that's going to prevent me from doing that thing that I love to do outside of work. So I better stay in one piece. Uh, for most people, yep. it's going to be their family is their motivation, right? So they'll bring photos of their family, their kids, their friends. Um, some people love to travel. And if they're, mm -hmm. you know, injured or hurt as a result of their work, then they can't travel. They can't go to Disney World and Disneyland and uh, they can't do their yep. recreational activities. So that was really the premise behind it. Interesting. And uh, can, can you share maybe a little bit about some of the stories and some of the successes around the, the, the why I work safe? Because uh, definitely you've used this quite a bit. I think it's, it's very powerful. Um, use it as well, even in, in terms of video messaging campaign to, to really reinforce that the, those themes of why am I doing this, really trying to shift it from it's a rule to um, it's an investment to really what matters to me. Tell, tell me a little bit about some of the stories, some of the successes you've had uh, within within your organization around this. So initially, I was a little nervous that, man, what if they don't want to participate and people right. uh, don't want to share their photos and be put on display? But I was shocked how eager everyone was to participate at the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. I think for most part, people like attention to a certain degree, so or, or right. even recognition, right? Seeing their picture and seeing their family's pictures up, it's, uh, it's an inspirational thing to look at. So that was the first piece. The engagement and them wanting to participate was huge. And 
at a relatively quick time, I started noticing the activities started to build up, the real activities that yield results at work, right? All of a sudden, we had more hazard reporting going on. Um, people mm. were mentioning issues and um, pointing out things that could potentially be problems at work that they, would, they weren't before. Um, we noticed right. that when we were doing uh, observations on certain work methods in the workplace and to see if they were following proper behaviors, that we saw a huge mm -hmm. uptick in them wanting to do it the right way and not just because their manager or supervisor was there watching them do it, for example. Interesting. And, and, and how, uh, did you have to draw the linkages between say, why I work safe and some of the behaviors we want to see, like the observations, like in terms of the, the, the safety participation, in terms of team members volunteering hazards and, and trying to find ways to improve the workplace safety, or, or did that happen naturally? Well, we, when we first implemented, we didn't really know what the reaction was going to be or what kind of results we were going to get. So ultimately, it did happen naturally. And then as time went on, we did try to link um, and it depends what industry you're in, right? One sort of sure. behavior in one industry is not relevant in another. So we did really try and focus on that. But it was really their, the, the effect it really had was just their um, motivation and the emotional connection they had with personal life being affected by whatever activities they did at work. And that motivation is what ultimately helped them drive the behavior instead of kind of forcing them to have a, a repetition-based building of a habit, it was yep. a personal choice they made to want to build this habit, which is way more powerful in my opinion. And we did, yeah, of course, see agree. a decline. Yeah, we saw a decline in um, uh, OSHA recordable incident rates. Over the course of 19 months, we cut it by half. That's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And how, how um, how did you keep reinforcing those those boards? Because what I've seen in some organizations is um, they go and they launch something, they create it, and then it doesn't get turned into a habit where we revisit everything, and eventually uh, the, the, you start forgetting about that link. So how have you brought those boards so they become part of daily life within the organization? So we put them up on a display where it's mostly visual. Um, or mm -hmm. where it's uh, mostly visible. And uh, so everybody would see it. It was, we put it on a digital display, so it would roll on a slideshow. And what we did is yep. once a quarter, every three months, we would uh, go back to all those folks that had posted a picture or a video, mm -hmm. and we asked them if they have anything new, if they want to refresh it. And then we would also uh, go to different departments and do one specific to them as well. And a lot of folks are really, it's, they're really excited to swap up their photos and show something new. It's kind of like having an Instagram at work and everybody is excited right. to uh, show, yeah, show their photos and what new activities they've been doing. So uh, we also gave out um, rewards for anybody who participated above and beyond. You know, they would get a company hat or a sweater or something sure. like that, which was just a little something extra to drive participation. That's that's excellent. I, I know other organizations I've seen where it becomes a 
uh, Yammer type feed, like we mentioned, the Instagram type approach, but where people are constantly kind of sending refreshers of almost activities is what I did this this weekend with my family, and, and that's why I stay safe. So it becomes almost a, a daily ritual, or even embedded into start a shift meetings in terms of and a, a reminder refresher. Let's talk about a couple of the the, the people of the wise. I, I say safe and uh, in daily refreshers, or in, in one case, one organization I know even they, they start creating movies. Uh, of uh, the evolution of their why for safety. I, I saw this the other day where uh, somebody had done a storyboard essentially starting from when they, they first got married to then they had kids and how it evolved to now they have grandkids. Essentially the evolution as they stayed within the organization of their why they stay safe and they were super proud about it, which I thought was phenomenal. Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I probably might start doing that myself. <laughs> yeah, there we go, because you got a 30-year employee where they started with uh, 20, 30 years ago. It's actually cool because it was really showing how their why is now becoming more important as they're, uh, they've gained more seniority within the organization. They've got a lot more whys for, for safety, which, which was a really cool story. They even had, uh, in this particular movie, uh, they, they had had... Um, and this is a, a not not a movie theater. This is somebody who just decided like, this is what I'm going to do in my spare time. Uh, he uh, he even had I think it was his daughter granddaughter sing a theme song that kind of linked the whole thing throughout, which is like to me it's above and beyond. Like there's a there's a theme song that's been created and sung by one of the personal, uh, really important people in their lives that that got talked talk in. So that's like a phenomenal way to to go to go all the way in. I think. Yeah, that's, so, that's awesome. They get it. That's great. <laughs> they absolutely get it. Uh, obviously, that yeah. wasn't on try number one. That was probably after a few times where, where different people doing that, it became almost a competition. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about how how you were able to get buy-in from leaders and also frontline workers, because uh, that's that sometimes in, in some organizations that can be a shift to start saying, okay, we're going from a rule-based enforcement approach to starting to think about more the the why, the Q, the, the elements of why that really matters. How have you been able to convince leaders maybe first, and and then how do you got frontline team members? It sounded like the frontline team members that was a pretty easy, uh, pretty pretty easy participation piece. But I'd love to hear your your thoughts and input on that. So sorry. So. Um, so actually, I approached uh, the leaders with the exact same why I work safe first. So right. uh, the leaders in the organization actually were the first ones to participate. And we, because again, I wasn't sure if the frontline workers were going to want to participate. And I thought having leaders do it first would be motivation enough. And sure. uh, same thing, the leaders, they did not object to it at all. They were all in from the get-go. They brought their photos. Um, and when you're having those conversations, it's the same kind of conversations you have with the leaders as you would with the frontline associates, right? You say is just like, you know, leaders feel that they are more attuned to being safe at work than a frontline associate might be just because they're in a leadership role and they want to be a role model. But uh, they think of it again from the perspective of work that they have to set the example. But having that approach that this is still tied to our personal lives, there's an emotional connection here. Mm -hmm. We come to work and we do what we do to have the means uh, to enjoy life outside of here. And safety is a foundational component of that. So bringing that yeah. to the leaders um, really makes sense to them. And then it'll uh, funnel down to the frontline associates. 
because with any any program you do for EHS, um, mm-hmm. it's the leadership the leadership should definitely be participating in the program first before you even present it to frontline associates. Yeah, I, I think it certainly reinforces it matters. Um, I, I think we're we're I've, I've certainly seen maybe even leaders go above and beyond and and have had conversations with them is really uh, even getting them to start thinking about their why for safety. Uh, so so mm-hmm. not just why I stay safe, but why safety actually matters to me. And um, I, I know I've had a, a lot of success even just having conversations with, with leaders around it, helping them craft their story, their narrative around what does it really matter to them. And because I've never seen a, a a great safety leader that didn't have a very strong conviction, a certain strong why. It, it, it has to be something that's that's personal. And I, I've had some amazing stories around the years, and I'd say shared with your teams, right? Because then you're saying, I want you to do more, so this is why I stay safe. But why safety really matters to them is even the next evolution. So then you're saying, I want you as well to do this. And I've had stories around servant leadership, around people who are saying, my my my. Uh, stories about their dad and how their dad was a servant leader and then how they inspired them. And they were like really full of emotion, like almost a Hollywood story, but it was a real story to people that had suffered a loss in a work environment and and they promised never on my shift, never on my watch. Um, And it just ties into, this is why I stay safe. This is why you stay safe. And this is why I'm asking you to make that extra effort for it um, uh, because it, it also matters to me. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, leaders, they, they can get caught up in the KPIs of the company, right? They, right. The, their, their numbers, whether it's sales or operational efficiency, they will always see safety as kind of an impediment to achieving those KPI numbers. But if you mm-hmm. take that, um, let's call it the EQ approach, if you uh, yep. use your EQ and engage leaders in that way, just like you mentioned, the the KPIs as a result will just follow. It just it just happens as a result. Exactly, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think it just has to be consistent as people see the leader show up in that particular way. Team members reflect saying, "Yeah, actually, safety is something for me. I'm not doing it for somebody else. I'm doing it for myself and for the things that matter to me." Um, I think the only weird one I've ever had is I had one person when when I say, "Why do you say safe?" and they came up with a picture of a refrigerator. I'm like. I'm not sure you want to tell that to your wife. <laughs> so you care about the refrigerator more than your wife. Uh, yeah, I had, had a long concoction story around that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody I had brought me a photo of, of uh, footage they had taken with their drone. And I was like, hey, that's, if that's your motivation, if you want to be able to fly your drones, <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> It, it does. It, it, it's whatever is your passion and you love. That's that's really what what really matters. Uh, he he ended up telling me afterwards that the reason why the refrigerator was his picture is because, and I don't know if this was a cop out answer afterwards, is because the refrigerator was why he was working to feed his family and and yada yada yada. So that was the the symbolic uh, element of it. And I'm like, okay. I think it's probably better if you had a picture of your wife and your kids versus a refrigerator, yeah. but I'll leave that to you to decide. <laughs> if he was he was trying to be artsy with it, I guess I guess it works. For him I guess it works. I guess. <laughs> uh, perfect. Well, really appreciate you sharing your story, your examples. A- any other kind of closing thoughts? You embraced it. It sounds like you had some pretty phenomenal successes by by, by tapping into their why. 
Um, any other kind of thoughts for somebody who's thinking about doing something like this, making safety more personal within their teams? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes without saying, you know, this is no substitute for doing the, the um, boots on the ground work, right? It's, you still sure. have to have comprehensive training, good investigation processes, uh, good orientation, corrective actions. So you do all that, but um, what this helps is with the engagement piece and getting leaders and frontline associates to participate in that process. Because in EHS, you know, we can right. sometimes feel like we're on an island, especially if you're part of a smaller organization. So having buy-in from everybody and using this approach to get that engagement will really help drive those boots on the ground initiatives that really yield those daily results that we are looking for. Great. Well, Chris, thank you very much for uh, joining me today for, for presenting uh, this this concept to, to on the show. Um, phenomenal idea. Thank you for, for sharing this in conferences to, to spark ideas in other organizations. I uh, definitely hope other organizations start thinking about uh, personalizing safety to the workers, the team members, because that's really what's going to drive their the motivations around safety. Yep, for sure. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. And I really appreciate you actually doing this podcast and bringing more awareness and education to the EHS field. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to the Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the Ops Guru, Eric McCroskey.